Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, my name is Kat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom, a reminder that what you do every day is life-changing, and it matters more deeply than you could ever imagine. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are special and amazing and he has called you and he will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. Hey, this is Kat Lee from InspiredToAction.com, and you're listening to the Inspired to Action podcast. And today we're chatting with my friend, Heather McFadden. Now, did I say your name right, Heather, your last name? You can say it like 40 ways. That was a good one. That was a good version. Okay, what, what, what do you say? Um, well, since I married into it, I say McFadden. McFadden. Like okay. McFadden. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because my daughter has a classmate with the same last name and they say it different. Really? So I get a little confused um, when I say your name or when I say her name. Yeah. Yeah. She she doesn't say the yeah. She just says McFadden. McFadden. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what my husband says because he's had it the longest and he (sighs) says it's not worth adding the yeah, but I like it. Awesome. Well, um, Heather uh, blogs at godcentermom.com and I've known her how long have I known you? Maybe like a couple of years? Yes. Yeah. I mean, we met. You didn't really know me. I was more stalking you probably three years ago, but then we met two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And she um, blogs. She runs a blogging conference or helps run a blogging conference. And she has four boys. Mm. Four boys. Y'all, I have one boy. <laughs> one. Well, and now I have a puppy. So technically, I have two boys. Yeah, that might be true. Of. I don't know, does saying that throw me into that weird pet parent category? (laughs) Including my dog with my son? Yeah. Okay, yes, scratch that. I didn't even say that. I have one boy. (laughs) Heather has four human boys. And so I'm excited about getting a little insight from her today on shaping young men and uh, just chatting with her today. So, Heather, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you. So tell us a little bit about you and your family. Um, well, you and I both live in Texas now, and I've made for Texans, but I am a Hoosier at heart. Um, mm. I grew up in Indiana, and uh, I am one of four siblings, so the whole four-boy thing. My husband also had four um, kids in his family. So we, since like the moment we met, said we will have four children, um, but my situation is different. I never considered that. I have two siblings like 11 years older than me. My sister's 16 years older than me. My brother's 11 years older than me and I have a younger brother. So my mom did two and then 11 years later did two. Wow. And it's the same parents, but she just like got a second chance or something. So yeah, so she homeschooled us and had a garden and did all the organic stuff like the second go around. <laughs> <laughs> the first two were the first pancakes. They and were then just, she perfected yeah, they were like, on you. Yeah, my mom was 17 when she had my sister and my dad was like 21. So they were like the fun whatever parents then. And <laughs> we got the like by the book. So <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of my background. And uh, yeah. 
And so what you else? just knew you were going to have four kids. And yeah, and I was one of those little girls who had the seven Cabbage Patch kids, <laughs> like took them everywhere, um, kept their birth certificates safe just in case of emergencies. Like I've always been maternal. So yeah, always wanted to have kids. Yeah. So were you expecting at some point to have a girl? Um. Okay, so my husband, I said he had three siblings. They're all girls. They're all sisters. Mm. His dad had four sisters and his grandfather was an only child. So the McFadden name is um, like my husband was fully responsible for carrying it on. So there was a little bit of fear we would never have a boy. And so there was a huge party when we found out our first was a boy. And then I was like, okay, that's done. Check. Now let's bring on some girls. Like <laughs> I did the ballet, synchronized swimming. Like I was very, very girly. Barbies. I still have a huge bin of Barbies. So, yeah, I was pretty disappointed. Like, the first time I found out when our second was a boy, I was like, shoot, I wanted a girl. Oh, well, I made brothers. Then it was like the third time it was like, another boy? I've done boys. I've done brothers. I wanted something different. So I cried a lot. And then – and I convinced my husband to buy new bedding for the crib. (laughs) Like, that will make me feel like this is special. And then – the fourth, I had like a full on like meltdown because I knew four was it. That was it. We're done. And so the nevers creep in. I will never buy a bow. I will, you know, never put on tights, never go to a ballet recital, you know. So that was hard. I'm going to get cry. What, what is the deal, Kat? You make me cry all the time. She's eat. She's- I should come with a box of Kleenex. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I did want a girl. Yeah. I did. But I'm fully imbr- – now that our fourth is like a year and a half and so awesome, like he's hysterical. He is so, so, so awesome. I really lately have not been grieving like as greatly as I used to. So for all of you all boy moms out there, you'll come to your point, you know, where where you accept that this is really an awesome calling. These are four boys that will be four men, four heads of households. My husband calls me the patriarch or the <laughs> patriarch, matriarch, the matriarch. Cause it's like the, the family tree just goes whoop, huge from, from me. So yeah, it's a big calling. What's surprised you about having boys? Um, a girl, obviously. Yeah. Well, okay. So I do think God was kind of preparing me and that I have an older brother and a younger brother. And my sister was married by the time I was what, five. So I really lived with boys Um, so I understood boys. I've kind of always gotten along well with boys, but as a mom of boys, I really like control and I, um, I really want people's approval and I have found boys, my boys are pretty high energy and impulsive Mm. and have some sensory kind of issues to where like they need to crash into things to know that they exist. (laughs) So they don't like innately know, oh, there's a, there's a person there. I need to bump into him to know where my body ends and his starts. So, um, so it's hard. It was hard for me to accept that we're going to be kind of wild and just to own the energy and passion um, are, are just definitions of our family and not like try to change that, mm-hmm. a different mold that I kind of would like to be. So mm-hmm. It surprised me how physical and, and impulsive they can be. That's encouraging to me because I have one boy and he was my last one. 
And mm-hmm. after having two girls, I, you know, I really thought when I found out it was going to be a boy that it was like, okay, here you go, Jimmy, here is your boy. Right. Fun. You know, <laughs> like I have been absolutely shocked at how just the bond between a mother and her son. And hopefully I won't be one of those weird moms that when he gets married, I just can't let go. But my goodness, I had a a friend that I was talking to this about and she was like, yeah, he's like my little boyfriend. Oh yeah. Just, oh my goodness. They're just, uh, I just. And see, I don't know any different. So if I had a girl, I might be like, what's wrong with her? Why doesn't she love me as much as everyone else around here? So yeah. I am kind of the queen and the princess. It there is, I mean, a nation. Yeah, my son told me the other day he wanted to be a girl like me, and I was like, "Hmm," because I was wearing a skirt and he thought it was pretty. And and my other son like doesn't like when I put my hair in a ponytail, and he'll ask me when I'm going to put my pretty eyes on. Like they notice these things, and they, mm. yeah, they 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 do. I mean, they want they want hugs, and they're very very affectionate. Mm-hmm. We're very affectionate. Yeah. Yeah, my son doesn't like when I wear I wear a hat. Often it's like it's my um, yeah. default when I don't want to do my hair. Like some people do ponytails, I put a hat on. He doesn't yeah. like it when I have a hat on. He's like, "Why are you mm-hmm. wearing your hat?" I'm like, mm-hmm. "Okay, fine, I'll go take a shower." Yeah, yeah, no, my boys do not like hats. They that's take them off. Very interesting. Yeah, interesting. yeah. What do our husbands think? I mean, I guess that's a indicator. <laughs> yes, that they don't <laughs> that they don't verbalize. They yeah, they just deal with it. They know. Yeah. So yeah, lots of boys. So what's some wisdom that you have for raising boys? Something that you've, you've learned along the way? Um, I would say if you have really little boys, don't be shocked by their sin. So I remember being in a music class and the teacher didn't have any kids. And my son just went up and whacked another kid. And she's like, looks at me like, where did he learn that? And I was like, oh, you know, just from me hitting him all day. No, like he just innately wanted to just, he wanted that shaker, whatever it was. And he just went up and whacked the kid. And we tell him not to. I mean, it's not like I haven't a million times told them not to hit, but just like there's a flesh in me that yells, even though I know I'm not supposed to yell, there's something in them that wants to hit. And so I think some moms, they see their kids hit and they act like it's the most shocking event ever. Like, (gasps) I can't believe my son just did that. And it's like, well, I can't believe they don't do worse. You know, I think... Mm -hmm. We were at Chick-fil-A just last week, and I look up, and one of my boys, another kid had pushed a one-year-old over, and then my boys, they're stomping on the kid's chest, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, for real? Like, I mean, where does that come from? And my husband said, and I don't get this because I'm not a boy, he's like, don't you feel like just punching someone sometimes? And I'm like, no, I never have that urge. But apparently it doesn't go away, and even our husbands sometimes just need to hit someone, so... Um, I think not being shocked by them when they make a mistake, it's just kind of who they are mm-hmm. and, um, and not asking them why, cause they don't know a lot of times, yeah. like, yeah. why did you take that toy away from him? Well, I wanted it, but that they don't really think through the whole thing. They're mm-hmm. just kind of doing. And, um, so giving them a little bit of grace on that, that they may not have thought it through and to help teach them a new way to think to do, but there's a certain amount of, they don't have their frontal lobe developed (laughs) yet. And they can't like inhibit, like you told me not to get that cookie, but it's right there. So I might as well just take it. Um, and also giving a lot of opportunities to be physical, um, whether it's hot or cold outside, like we'll run around the garage. Like if I see them start 
just melting down or having issues controlling their bodies, I'm like, just go run 10 laps. Mm-hmm. And, um, or, you know, we have a trampoline or we have a, a bounce house. Like, go jump. Just not a big trampoline. We have a tiny one. You don't need to have, like, a very expensive thing. Just a little trampoline. And it's amazing. Just, like, physically, like, that joint compression in their knees and their feet, it just releases, like, a relaxation hormone in their bodies that helps a lot. Um, I've totally noticed that with my son. Like, if yeah. he's just incessantly picking on his sisters. And so this is this is our house. I have a boy who is the youngest, yeah. least self-controlled. Then I have two older girls who pretty much just want to read all the time. Yeah. And so obviously for him, he's like, oh, look, there's some girls reading. How can I bother them and annoy them? And <laughs> How can I get their attention yes. to get run around with me? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. he's also, you know, very much the um, – he's, he's very much a charmer. And so mm-hmm. everyone in the house is kind of in love with him. And mm-hmm. so he kind of has his sisters wrapped around his finger and he's accustomed to a certain amount of attention. Right, and right. And so when they're not giving it to him and everybody else is being calm and he hasn't had an opportunity to get his energy out, that's right. when just bad things happen. And so there have been times where he's been like, Mama, I'm going to run around the couch for 20 minutes. Yeah. And I was like, I, um, okay. Do in my it. head thinking that's never going to happen. But then yeah. I said, okay, I'll set the timer. And he totally, he ran around the couch for 20 minutes nonstop. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing how much energy they have inside. And then afterwards... He was sitting down looking at a book. Yeah. Yeah. It is amazing. Just yeah, that I, they just so need that. They totally do. They totally do. And and I think that the, the one thing, too, I would say for boy moms, and especially I have a lot of friends who have all girls and one boy, and I think there's two things that happen. Either they expect the boy to be like a girl, mm-hmm. and they put these way too high expectations, or they put way too low of expectations, and they're like these super wild boys who like – come to our house and are like totally whipping my boys up, like just horrible and totally not self-controlled. And I think that there's like this balance of boys have energy, boys like to do and be physical, but they can be gentlemen Mm -hmm. and they can honor people and treat them special. And you can do both. Like I think people are like, oh, boys will be boys. And they are just like, let them run free because that I want to make sure he's enough of a boy because he has sisters. And then it's like, you know, the other extreme of not letting them be a boy. So anyway, right. those are my tips. Right. I wonder how much just our society yes. has a yeah. hard time with the boys, you know, or even just our culture, just living in suburbia. Like I wonder how much easier it was for boys just to be boys when they lived on a farm. Or I guess that's not yes. our society or culture. That's just me because I live yeah. in the suburbs. But you yeah. know, kids who like- – live on land and just can boys who can go out and just do stuff and they're not confined to school and then confined to soccer practice and then confined to sitting in the house or whatnot where where they have the opportunity to just roam and explore and yeah do all that we're at we're at a classical christian school and they're really into like letting the kids dig and play and just be a part of nature and so my sons are not in school full time and i think that's really helped them Mm -hmm. with that aspect so, yeah, it's good. What are some uh, books that you've read about raising boys? Um, you know, I have – I really th- – someone just texted me yesterday for a book, good book, and I was like, you know, there really aren't <laughs> that many good books. Um, I liked Wild Things. Um, I think the author is David Thomas. Uh, 
I liked it because it divided a boy into stages. And like from this age to this age, he's going to be more impulsive. And from this age to this age, he's going to be a lover. And from this, you know, so I felt like it helped, you know, you under, get in the mind of a boy because it's written by a man. Um, but yeah, I haven't found a lot. I really think um, the Bible, <laughs> that's the cheesy answer for me, just because I really need to get in touch with the Holy Spirit to know how to do my boys well, Mm -hmm. because I have four different versions of a boy, really. I mean, they all have high energy, but they all respond to the world differently. And just like each person is different, they're all very different. So yeah, the Bible and wild things. That's it. Bible and wild things. That's it. There you go. You heard it here first. Yeah. Yeah. So what is, so you blog at the God-Centered Mom. Yeah. What does that mean? Um, That started, um, partway through my mom journey, I kind of realized I was not very happy doing it. And I think because I realized at first I was making it all about my kids and like if they looked good, then I felt good. And, but you can't control them. Like I started finding out the more I had and I couldn't make myself look good or them look good. And so I was kind of miserable in that tension. And then Um, and then I was like, well, forget it. I'm going to make it all about me. And why am I not getting enough time for me? And then I was miserable. And so I realized, um, I was kind of full of a lot of pride in my mothering, like, you know, the control freak and not asking for help. And there were just a lot of symptoms coming out of that, um, putting myself kind of in the center of mothering. And so I realized I kind of needed to get off of that throne and let God kind of lead and look at his big eternal picture for what this part of my life was. And, um, that's where God centered came about. Very, very good. I think that's such a huge pitfall for so many moms and, you know, and, and even not just different moms, but even every mom at different time periods and in different seasons, just to let their children be a reflection of, you know, their success or failure as a mom or putting themselves in the center and, um, yeah, that's that's really key. That's really good. Yeah. So, um, so how have you done that? How have you? Well, I think, you know, I think I tried to make it. Then I put my pride in becoming God-centered. Like I'm going to try really hard to make it all about God. And I'm going to really pray more. And I'm going to really read my Bible more. And I made it about then taking pride in being God-centered. And then I I like kind of went through a little period of, uh, I mean, it was maybe mild depression, but it was a, a less, it was a, I'm pretty outgoing person. So it was a depressed version of me. And I think part of it was, um, really I wasn't putting God, it was still me. And so I've kind of had to realize that this is a moment by moment thing where I don't make it about me reading the Bible more, me praying more. I really have to, um, I think it's, you have to do it in your heart. You have to do it in your mind. And it's so spiritual outside of something I can physically tell a mom to do, but kind of change your heart in that, um, you know, with hello mornings, I kind of start the day of just like, this isn't about me, Mm -hmm. um, mentally kind of doing that. And then recognizing each part of my day as being really about him. So if the boys ask me to do something and it's inconvenient, um, kind of going to God, you know, sometimes them interrupting me is not 
I shouldn't let them interrupt me. And, and I have to think, I think we kind of can fall into a pitfall where our children become the center then. Mm-hmm. And really like if I'm doing, you know, something for someone, serving someone and they interrupt me, um, they need to know that, you know, God's called me to this right in this moment. I will get to you and I'm following God first. Yeah. Um, and not that we always put our kids second to our service, but um, I think they need to see that that's the priority for me. Yes. So I think it's a moment by moment is what I'm saying. It's like you at salvation, you make the decision that God's the center. And then your flesh creeps in moment by moment and, and sin starts coming out. And like, you know, um, and I think it's constantly like, that's why I think my tagline was relentlessly replacing. Like it's, it it's a constant struggle. I mean, with lack of sleep or hormones flaring, like you're probably going to not want to be God-centered that day. But um, right. And you're never probably going to achieve it this side of heaven fully. It's a daily, 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 moment-by-moment choice. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Totally. So how has – you do Hello Mornings. How Uh has – did you always have a consistent time in the morning with God? Or is that newish? Or how has that affected you or impacted you? I actually probably – I asked God to be a part of my life when I was in kindergarten and grew up in a home where God was pretty, really important to our family um, uh, and have been studying the Bible, whatever, my whole life. And, and I think that it's always been a part of my life. But then when the kids came, I was in this place of guilt and shame for not being in my day, but not really finding a place to put it. And I think that that's the key is you can't find time. I was like, I can't find time to meet with God or to have a quiet time or whatever. And I've found like through your book, it's making the time. You have to put it in first. You have to like make other decisions to go to bed early. You have to kind of adjust your schedule so that it's first or it's for me first is better. Um, So yes, it was always a part of my life, but I think motherhood, it kind of got squished out and then I was always kind of guilty feeling. Yeah. Cause it was yeah. so, yeah. yeah. And kind of parenting out of my own strength, which wasn't going well either. Yes. I hear that. I, yeah. um, I, I've mentioned this before and we were actually talking about this earlier before I hit record, but we got a new puppy <laughs> and I, you know, before I had a dog, I would hear people who didn't have kids talk about their dog like it was having a baby, you know, like, oh, I can't because I need to whatever with the dog or, oh, I haven't gotten any sleep because of the dog or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's so precious. <laughs> but oh my goodness, I've had three kids and yeah, it's it's a much shorter season. It's only been a week and he's already so much better. But he threw off my mornings big time because I didn't know when morning was because he woke up every three hours having to go to the bathroom and mm-hmm. I had to – it took me a good week and a half – I guess he's been with us two weeks – a good week and a half for me to find my very established morning rhythm. But even, you know, having a puppy totally threw that off and I needed to to find it again and yeah. make a place for it, you know? And, and so it's motherhood, obviously, to the nth degree does yeah. that and places such a huge – challenge because you're just, well, I'm already tired. So if I get up early, then I'm going to be that much more tired and then I'm going to be a bad mom. And and so it seems like getting up and having that time is almost counterintuitive. 
Yeah. And in a sense it is, but in the spirit it isn't. Right. So, yeah. Right. And I just love like my boys come down and like they find me. I mean, they crawl, they curl up in the leather chair with me. And I, I heard once like, you know, that annoying moment when you're trying to cook dinner and your kid are all, kids are all at your feet and kind of asking for things. But like in their mind, like the repetition of that image of seeing you at the stove and them at your feet, like that sears deep for them. And, um, I feel like that's the same with the leather chair, like the repetition and the, the constancy of that not only is good for my mother, but it's like an image that's searing in their head of where they find me. Yes. Um, yes. so I think that, so that in the future, hopefully they go, that's where they go and is, is to God's word. Yes, so that's so good. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to ask you three, four, whatever, quick questions. Okay. And I don't know. Maybe I'll call this the lightning round in the future. Or okay. Maybe I'll just say, hey, these are my quick questions. Okay. okay. Quick What's your current favorite music? Um, um, okay, for writing, for writing, I'm really into listening to Vivaldi. Okay, on Pandora. Nice. Uh-huh. And then um, my kids and I, for our 5 o'clock dance hour, are really listening. Like we've listened to a lot of Toby Mac because we went to Pine Cove this summer and that was on the video. Okay. So a lot of those songs. Yeah. Very fun. So you have a five o'clock dance hour. Yes, we do. That's it's, awesome. Yeah. When are yeah. you going to Instagram some of your moves? <laughs> when I delete enough pictures on my phone, so I have space. <laughs> okay, yeah. So you heard it here. So check God Centered Mom <laughs> on Instagram. Yeah. And she'll be posting soon, as soon as she deletes some pictures, some video of her awesome moves. Yeah. yeah. Okay, what are you reading? Um, 30,000 books. No, I think uh, Heartfelt Discipline by Clay Clarkson. Mm-hmm. I just picked that up, and it has been like like taking a knife and like doing some hard work on my discipline approaches. Really good stuff, like stuff that I always felt was broken and didn't know how to fix it. Mm-hmm. So I like that book. And then um, – I, having gone through that whole depression kind of thing, even though I was in the Bible and praying, I'm reading this book called Spiritual Depression. It is awesome. Like, I'm really liking it. Um, it's really, it's really good for the person who's been a Christian their whole life and goes through really tough times, even though they're a Christian. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's been really awesome. Well, that's that's awesome. Good. Yeah, it is good. Okay. Your favorite quick and easy recipe. Um, <laughs> This week I've cooked all your recipe. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so I'll come up with one that I haven't cooked this week, but it's my favorite to take to a new mom. It's um, a roast, like a big three-pound roast or something or two-pound roast, and you put it in your crock pot, and then you take a can of French onion soup, a little packet of dry onion soup, and then 20 ginger snaps. Huh. Then enough water to kind of cover the roast. Like, you don't want too much water or it dries out the meat, but, like, enough to kind of cover the roast. It is so good. 20, like, that you, you had me until you got to the ginger snaps. I know. It's, it's the surprise ingredient. Okay. My mom made it when I my first baby, and then I just kind of, yeah, give it to a mom with some roasted carrots and some red potatoes and a good salad. It's, like, a gift. And then you can have leftover roast beef sandwiches. Good. Okay. I might have to try that. Okay. Yeah. Your, your worst chore. Uh, I do have a cleaning lady every other week, nice. so that kind of helps with um, a lot of the chores. Uh, I really struggle with folding the laundry. 
Um, I kind of had a meltdown last week when, like, I was asking my husband to keep the boys quiet while I put the baby to sleep. And he's like, sorry, I'm just trying to find clothes for the boys. And I, like, took it so personally, like, as he was digging through mounds of laundry to find pajamas. So, um, yeah, that's probably my least favorite. Sure. Uh, yeah, my kids kind of know that if they can't find something, they just go look in the pile on our couch in our bedroom. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's not just that. you. Awesome. Well, Heather, I have thoroughly enjoyed chatting with you. We've laughed, we've cried, we've shared <laughs> crockpot roast recipes. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, so will you tell everyone where they can find you online, all the different places? Yeah, pretty much anything God-centered mom. Um, Facebook, God-centered mom. Instagram, God-centered mom. Twitter, God-centered mom. Godcenteredmom.com. That's me. Although I'm not the God-centered mom. Don't confuse that. You're just relentlessly pursuing. I'm I'm the self-centered mom trying to be. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for chatting with me. And um, for everybody listening, I'm going to chat with Heather on the How They Blog podcast, which may or may not be released by the time this episode goes out. But look for it soon. We're going to chat blogging and her blog conference and book writing and all that fun stuff. So until then, I'll check you later. Well, that's all that we have for today's episode of the Inspire to Action podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. I know that there are a million things that you could be doing right now, and I hope that this episode has encouraged you. You know, if you have any questions or suggestions for me, just head over to inspiretoaction.com and click the contact button to send me an email. I would love to hear from you, and I would love to do whatever I can to get the resources that you need to keep growing as a mom. And if you enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you would take a minute to rate it on iTunes. That's going to help more moms to find it and get the encouragement that they need. And as always, you can check out all the show notes for this session at inspiredtoaction.com. And you can also download any of our free ebooks or our free prayer calendars for moms at the blog. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click on the resources link. And my name is Kat Lee, and I wish you an incredible day with your family. And remember, you're a mom. You're kind of a big deal. Now go be awesome. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king. And in this place, my heart begins to sing. It's gonna be a good day, a good day filled with His grace, His grace and sweet new mercy. May my